you know how sometimes you meet those people that are just so interesting and you're like, you got to come on my podcast because people are not going to believe your story is real and it's just like theirs and what you've experienced. Well, I have someone just like that for you. Her story is so freaking phenomenal that I asked her to come on the podcast. However, it got so good and it took a weird turn. It took a very unexpected turn and she ended up sharing some things that neither one of us were anticipating speaking about. And so I had to split it up into two podcasts. You heard that right, folks. I know I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy. I know I'm doing crazy. I know I'm crazy. So I approached Dr. Tori J. Evans Barton about coming on to the podcast to speak to us about the 3,302 fathers that she has reunified with their children. That's what she does. Honey, Dr. Tori came and mopped the floor with this podcast. Not only did she share some of her own family secrets, she's exposed the fact that all of our families are pretty much just alike. What started out as a conversation about her experience of not meeting her own father until she was 31 years old only to have him pass away two years later, turned into a woman-to-woman talk. Dr. Tori shared with us that she and her husband had split and decided to reconcile just a month prior because of her stepfamily issues. We had an in-depth conversation about her relationship with her bonus daughter, the picture that set off a social media storm, and where exactly her family is today. This has never been done before in I Know I'm Crazy History, but check out part one right now about how Dr. Tori reunifies fathers with their children. And next week, we're going to be talking about how Dr. Tori has used her own work to put her blended family and her marriage back together. Welcome to another episode of I Know I'm Crazy with Naja Hall. Now today, we have a phenomenal guest. This is a woman whose work I've been following for A few years now, I forget who introduced me to her, but I found like I had discovered America when I came across her page. You know, when you find something that's already there and think you're the first one that found it. I mean, I was so amazed and astonished by her work, by her commitment. Without further ado, let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Tori. So Dr. Tori is the CEO of the Fatherless Generation Foundation Whew. Fatherless Generation Foundation. You already know this touches my heart. She's a national speaker on the positive influence reunification of fatherless children with their biological fathers. Mm. Reunification. She's a proud recipient of the Presidential Lifetime Achievement Award from the 44th President of the United States of America, Barack Obama. Dr. Tory is a regular on the Ricky Smiley Morning Show with her segment, Father's Day. She's also an author speaker, wife, and bonus mom. Now, I, there's so much that I could say. And I, a woman like this, she doesn't have her, she doesn't deserve to have her bio cut short because she's done so many phenomenal things with her life and her career and her movement. For, so for those of you that want to know more, which is going to be everybody, know more about what she does, I will post all of the information about Dr. Tori on our podcast page. So you can go to all of her links and visit her online and all that good stuff. Dr. Tori, what's going hey. on? Hey. Well, well, thank you for that introduction. It's always weird when people read your bio. <laughs> Isn't it? Because you got to be all humble. Uh-huh. You know, 
I did. Oh, you like, damn. You like, I did all that. Yes, did Dr. All Tori. That. You did that. So you're a PhD. I admire PhDs because that's something that I start to Google and I see that it takes eight years. And it's just like, God bless America. I, oh God. What did you get your PhD in? Philosophy. I'm a oh. minister and a theologian first. And so, yeah, philosophy is what Oh, I so I don't need to. Okay, so I can't cuss today. Okay, <laughs> You can cuss. Look, there's cuss oh. Christians. And if you were in my house, you may hear me. Uh, I love her already so I initially was turned on to your work because of your the work that you do with fatherless generation and so I want to talk about that first and then we're going to talk about the other part because you guys let me just go ahead and preface it Dr. Tori tagged me in this amazing post and she's quite transparent just like I am with her blended family um, struggles her triumphs and she had a triumph uh, maybe a month or so ago mm-hmm. and she tagged yeah. me in the post and I was like Dr. Tori this is going to be the perfect segue for us to have a conversation because I've been wanting to talk to her for oh. years now <laughs> literally years and I already feel like I know you so this is kind of just a technicality yeah. us having our very first conversation in front of everybody but I do want to kind of later on we're going to get into the post that you sent and some of the issues that your blended family was experiencing and how it almost ripped apart your marriage and where you guys are now, you know? So, but first let's talk about fatherless, the fatherless generation, the initiative that you started. Can you just get, just dive in, start where you want to start. Well, I'm going to start here and say, I believe we met through attorney Marissa Grayson. Um, <gasps> yes. That's who it is. You were like, how did I meet? I don't know, but that's who it is. You are part of the collective. <laughs> which is yes. now, yes. And so she is That's one of the friend. attorneys that I, you know, her and um, Deborah Pino are one of the, two of the attorneys that, you know, help us out with these fathers every now and then. <laughs> and so mm. that's how we became connected. But when it comes to me and Fatherless Generation Foundation, I started this after meeting my own biological father. You know, we all start things out of our own personal journeys, especially when it's truly purpose. And this was purpose for me. I recognized that maybe I'd gone through this so that I could help others. Mm-hmm. And meeting my father at 31, which is now 15 years ago, which is mm. crazy to me in my head. Um, and having a relationship with him for two and a half years really took me out of the world of science and chemistry that I was walking in mm. and um, threw me into a new world. Now, ministry had already been a love. I'm a spiritual person. I'm not a religious one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... I knew there was some connection there that, you know, needed to be done in my life. And um, meeting my father really steered me in that direction because meeting him found out I was a PK the whole time. My father was a pastor. Well, and, um, yeah. Well, the, well, you look at that. Right. He was. A, and, and so DNA matters. And um, <laughs> yes, it does. It matters. And finding out about who I was when I met him made me comfortable to walk in it. And the things that he spoke to me and the things that he said to me about me caused me to leave where I was and say, I think this is something God wants me to do. I hear this being spoken into my heart and I want to do this. And it was, you know, start the Fatherless Generation Foundation. And I was like, what in the world am I going to do with this? And as every entrepreneur, you're trying to figure out what am I going to offer? And I kept unification. I tell people all the time, you have the blueprint for someone else's breakthrough. Right. And you are the blueprint. Wow. We don't recognize that, but we the have powers to in your ourselves. hands. Yeah, we have the blueprint, Naja. We have it. Okay, question. And I know everybody asked you this. So how did you become separated in the first place with your father? 
Um, my father was married. He was not a pastor at the time. Okay, so we were Oh, he was that. in the world, honey. He was, he was living in the flesh. And um, he was separated from his wife, but he was still married. Hello, somebody. And uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> he was one of my mother's supervisors, and they got together and um, conceived me. But my mother had had other relationships. It is no secret. It's been in national magazines that my mother gave me two names. And so he ended up being the father. So there was three men in the mix. Um, so yeah. before there was a Maury show. Oh. We- <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Look, our mamas ain't innocent. Quit playing, Naja. I wish, and I wish people would really stop trying to paint that, this pure, holy image of mother. So it's like, how do you think she became a mother, guys? She had to bust it wide open. I'm so sorry, guys. This is what happened. No, 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 no. (laughs) I tell people all the time, you made your mother a deity. She is not the Virgin Mary. She was getting some, she was sucking and yeah. Stop Stop acting like your mother was all innocent and everything. Oh, one guy called me and he wanted me to look for his father. He was like, you know, he was some black guy and she was this and, and you know, he, he, she must've talked to him. He must've talked her out of her panties. I said, maybe she wanted to give him up. Like, what are we talking what about? What if she didn't have on any in the first How place? About, come on, Najasee. She couldn't. Yeah. You know, I was reading this book and it was just talking about, you know, we make why it is so difficult for fathers and mothers do become this patron saint of, you know, they, we women were put on a pedestal in that way. Now, you know, other ways are left. There's a lot left to be desired. But, you know, it's like that's not real. That is just not real because we not become real. mothers you know, like, unless you're an asexual amoeba or a starfish, <laughs> you had to bend it over and bust it wide open. Your mother, your grandmama did, your sweet granny. She, my grandmother's God rest both of their souls. They just both passed away. They had six kids apiece, not mm-hmm. multiples. So that's at least six times my granny's busted it wide open. <laughs> she said busted it wide open. They and did. you hope it was good uh-huh. if they had, like, they got, had a baby. They kept going back to the same man, so they had to. Come on. Come on. So, you know, okay. So, mommy, okay. So then, did she ever tell him that she had uh, gotten pregnant, had yes. gave birth to a child? But yes. there was doubt on who, what, on the paternity, I assume. Well, my mother just didn't think he was the father. I, I honestly, we joke and say, you didn't want him to be him. You wanted to be somebody. <laughs> like, that's a real thing. She was yeah. like, well, he just wasn't my type. And he was just this and that. And, and it was like, my husband he was, was at least one time. Come on. He was something because my, uh-huh. my mother would say See? things about him. And my you husband know? did the whole Vanna White, because clearly oh, <laughs> God. Uh, something happened. So what about the other gentleman that uh, was thought to be dad? Did you, well, you still have a relationship with him? Well, the one who was my dad up until I was about four or five, there was a DNA test and he was gone. Okay. So clearly he okay. knew he wasn't the dad. But the two yeah. names that she gave me, yes, he is. the other guy is still around. My father has actually passed on, but the other gentleman, he's still in my mm. phone like he was. He was in my phone back then. That man yeah. gave me clo- money for clothes and prom dresses in my first car. So I was like, if he's my dad and he never said anything, Naja, we're going to have a whole problem. Oh. But see, he was married too. My mother had a thing, y'all. She had a thing. She had a I'm thing. sorry. I'm sorry for cussing Dr. <laughs> Minister Tori, but you're just making me cut. Yeah. Oh, okay. Go I just love you already because see, this is proof that we are all women of the world. And there's <laughs> fellas that listen to this podcast too. Like y'all, we are human. Okay. Dang, we're human. So then what did, what was that first meeting like after 31 years? You're a grown woman at this point. Right. What was it? 
See, and what does your mom say about you linking oh, up with, with this man? Oh, she's definitely off. She's got some issues with it, clearly. And my yeah. brother, who I was raised with, had some issues with it. Although we may not discuss that. My husband brought it up when we were home this week. He was like, he might have some issues that you have others. So I was like, I thought this. I thought this. My mother was, you know, she was there. She was present. She was smiling. But she definitely had issues surrounding this. She's had issues surrounding the work that I do because it exposes her own. Now, the stuff I'm talking about, I've totally talked about it. I've been released to talk about it. She's like, if it heals somebody else, fine. You know, she's had that thing in her throat, Naja, for a while. Like, okay. Why do you have to talk about this again? But she, um, and make a whole platform out of it and change lives (laughs) from it. Why, Why can't you do something else? Why can't you do something else? But I can tell you, my mother, you know, she came from her own brokenness. She allowed me to do a live with her a few years back called My Single Mom's Journey. And I put it on YouTube. And she came from a place where her mother didn't tell her that she loved her, but she had her her father present. But it was something that she needed from her mother. So my mother was like, if John told me he loved me, cool. What you need for that love? And -hmm. she was honest about it in the live. And she cried. And a lot of women responded. Oh, I know that was healing for you and her, though, though, too. It was. It was in that moment because I could see my mother as a woman for the first time. She gave me the window to her as a woman. Even in the midst of me reuniting fathers, it was still something that I needed to see as to how she got here as a woman. And it was a, it, to me, it was a beautiful moment. Now, of course, other people had their opinions and that then caused some issues in our relationship. Some family yeah. members were like, why would you, and how could you get on there and say that to her? And it's like- I said, why don't you get on there and talk to your child about who their uncle daddy is? You ooh, know, it, it baffles me, Dr. Tori, that people do yep. that. You know, yep. I, that I'm imperfect I share a lot of my imperfections Mm -hmm. you know which is probably why people can identify but it's amazing how um we get on here and and we become so grandiose and not not you and I but the people around us because see I can look back at even in my own single journey and say I was fighting so hard not to be a single mother I missed out on enjoying aspects of my singleness Mm. dang I was fighting so hard trying to live holy and this and, and not do this and do. And now I'm like, I should have just had sex with all them people. <laughs> <laughs> you should have done it. Because at yeah. the end of the day, you're like, I, f- I was fighting because I didn't want to be that because I saw the pain of it. Because that's yeah. the part. For me, single moms always act like they've got it together and they're strong. But mm-hmm. if we're honest as children who grew up in that household, we heard them cry at night. We heard the pain they went through. We saw them work hard. My mother worked hard for General Motors for 32 years before mm. she retired. My, we didn't grow up poor like some people do. You know, some people have that other struggle. That other struggle. I didn't have poverty. that. I had the emotional struggle because my mother was the provider and the worker, but she was she not. She could not be there every emotional. day. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. And then I'm the oldest. So then I walk into parentification, parentification, for my Please give brother. the definition of that for people that aren't familiar with that term. Well, what it happens is the oldest child becomes the parent to the siblings or the youngest child, children in the household. And I became that parent. Mm. And what does and that do uh, when you parentify your children? It makes, it made me have to grow up sooner. And one of the things I talk about, especially young men, when they have to become, you know, the man of the house, yeah. you wonder why now they don't want to be in a relationship with a woman or they can't keep it because they've been in a relationship with their mother. And been a father to their siblings their entire lives. So, lady, there's a reason he can't commit to you. He's already committed. How is, and this is totally off topic, but how is a woman supposed to know when she's 
possibly dating a fella that has been parentified by his mom. Are there some telltale signs that she should look for? Yeah. You know, I've seen, it's a lack of commitment. It's always looking for the next best thing. Um, He runs from responsibility. Like how many times have we heard our girlfriends tell us, girl, he just ain't, he don't text them. He don't, he don't seem to be consistent. He's not always where he says he's going to be. All of that. That's a sign. Start asking better mm. questions when you're dating. Mm. Men work. Like, I'm, Naja, I have a hard time when women are always like, you know, he ain't got no job. He, girl, if you can't got no job, like, well, we can't even get minimum. to the question of how you were raised. <laughs> he ain't, ain't, yeah. Like, how are those? Every time, how are those <laughs> he people? ain't got no job. You know, and say it with me, guys out there. I don't care if you're on your treadmill, if you're driving, driving right now, if he ain't got no job, he ain't the man for you. you. And there's, I don't know a lot of men who don't have jobs. I just don't. Maybe yeah. during COVID, that's a thing. But I don't yeah, know a lot of yeah. men, black, white, or whatever, who don't have jobs. So that is no longer, if he's without a job, ask some more questions. Maybe it's a situation, maybe layoffs, whatever. Right. If it's situational or he has an injury or something like that, but if he's just on his mom's couch, oh, you know what the telltale sign is, Uh, especially I live in New York city, a lot of guys that are uh, pseudo homeless, but living with their mom, they'll be like, Oh yeah, I'm just staying with my mom for a while to help her pay bills. (laughs) And I'm like, no, you're not. You're still living in your childhood home in your uh, kid size bed. No, you're not. (laughs) I don't know a lot of them. I've heard of them. I don't know them. Well, they're out there. But they're out there. I know they're out there. Yeah, they, they probably are. They probably are not calling you for reunification. Mm-hmm. So then, yeah. if I if someone were to call you, who who is it that's calling you? Is it the children Mm-mm. or the fathers that are wanting to be reunified? The fathers, and the fathers are coming. They're humble. They're coming from a place where they're like, I know I might have messed up. I made some mistakes. I made some bad decisions. But I I, I know it's been ten years. But can you help me? Damn, ten. Mm-hmm. It to might say? be fifteen. It might be longer. It just depends on the situation. But the men are calling because maybe they felt like because they went to prison, they it was wrong to try to you know reunificate. Maybe you know maybe because I told her I didn't believe her, and now I'm really thinking that could be my kid, and I probably thought it then, but I didn't want to admit it. Mm. They feel like those decisions are forever, and okay. I have to tell them they're not. Their children need them just as much as they need their children. And that's and a so tough I've, pill to swallow to explain to someone. But you've been there, though. I've been there. You said something so profound. You said, you know, you could have the key to someone's healing in the palm of your hand. Mm-hmm. You're the blueprint. And the mm-hmm. blueprint. The blueprint to someone's healing. So then when this father calls you, hey, oh, and what about cases of alienation, though? Um, I know that's a little bit different because that's, you know, some the uh, the other parent has kind of forced dad out. And so now this child probably believes that dad didn't want to be there and they have contempt for their father. How do you approach that? I, I involve the therapists that we have involved in our program. We have therapists who work with me, attorneys mm-hmm. who work with me. We get them involved in that process um, okay. because I don't have the tool set. I don't have what, what it takes to do that. And I have to be yeah. clear on that. Um, I stay in my lane, nausea. <laughs> my blueprint is knowing that I walk through this journey of reuniting with my father mm-hmm. and I know the steps and I know the pitfalls that you're going to experience. And so now I've placed a holistic approach to help those who are calling to get that taken care of. Mm. Because like, like I said earlier, there are some dads who, you know, they just need, maybe they need some paperwork, 
well, okay, you haven't seen the child in 15 years. How about we start with supervised visitation or you just get one day and a few hours and we progress it, you know, and then if mm. the child is comfortable, we go from there. If there's alienation, we need to get a therapist involved as we're moving towards court Ooh. so that you and the child can be, you know, through, in this process, you can be reunited properly. You can go through this properly and the child can get off their chest how they're really feeling in a safe space. And we're talking about a little bit more of an expense when it's alienation, because that means the other yeah. parent is, uh, has already armed themselves and this child to, mm -hmm. you know, they've weaponized the kid and yeah. it's going to be a little bit more difficult. And you probably, it is not like you're going to be able to waltz into this child's life and take him to McDonald's after school. Uh -uh. There's going to be a process. There's a process. And dads get impatient about the process because they know the story, Naja. Mm -hmm. They have to recognize that the child doesn't. They One of my therapists uh, that I was talking to earlier, he was talking about um, a live that he was going to do in our, our group called the men's room. Mm. And he was like, is it ego or is it the best interest of the child? Mm. And some dads are in ego so much that they just can't surrender to what the child believes. You have mm. to let it go and know this child. Yes, they believe what they believe. And that doesn't make them the enemy. They've yeah. been weaponized, as you said, as well. And so you have to allow them to go through this process of healing just because right. you know a different version and you can't just pour that onto them when you first see them. Can't do that. And they don't so, want to hear how awful their mother is or how uh -uh. much of a liar she is because this has been their only parent, especially if you're alienated. I mean, she's made them think that she is their only lifeline. So you're yep. not going to come in talking bad about their uh, patron saint of motherhood. You can't do that. Yep. Humility. Even as the adult, I don't care how old they are. Don't do it. Don't There's a loyalty bond and you're creating conflict in the midst of that. And oh. you don't want to do that. Oh, God. What's the first step, though? Because, you know, I, this is clearly not why I even asked you to come on today. But there's, <laughs> this is so amazing. Yeah. How, how do people like let's just say there's a, a fella out there listening to this. Like, I want to find her. I need to stop what I'm doing right now. I need to pause this podcast. Yes. You go and on the website go. and you, you email us, drop us something or you call the 1-800 number. It's one 888 407-7990 and you'll get a call to do intake and we'll determine from intake if we can help you and if we can't help you we then refer you to someone else we never just drop people off we don't do that we have yeah. re we have enough resources that even if we can't help you we know someone who can so you mentioned that your own biological father did pass away but you had enough time to establish a relationship with that what was he like what did you guys talk about it was tough, you know what I mean? Because I don't, you're a stranger. <laughs> and that's yeah, what dads need to recognize too. You were, yeah, you were a grown you're, woman. Mm -hmm, you're a stranger to me. I'm educated. I got, you know, you're not, look, I'm an overachiever, Naja. That's my, that's my pitfall <laughs> in this whole process. <laughs> so I got these degrees. I got this stuff. I got, I got my life. I'm good. And you were but married at that point as well? I'm so, no, I wasn't married then. Mm -mm. Okay, okay. But I was engaged to the gentleman I'm married to now, which is funny because we didn't get married then, which shows you how much this stirred up. This oh. stirred up a lot. Okay. I went looking for him in the first place because I was engaged in what does a girl want? She wants so her father to walk her down the aisle. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that was my initiation to going, mom, I need to find this, this person. And um, did not like that. Your mom had to have known it was coming though, but I, I'm sure it didn't take the sting out of it. I don't know if she knew. I don't, because we didn't discuss my father growing up. My brother has a different father. So we saw his father and he mm. saw his father. Okay. Well, we didn't, after that first guy disappeared, we didn't discuss my father. 
one time at church, this man who ends up being my father was there and <gasps> said that that was my father. And then praise and worship started. How old, like, wait, how old were you at that point? I was 18 or 19. Oh. And then praise and worship started, girl. And it was like, huh? <laughs> that is not the man that is in those pictures when I was like a baby up until, that's not the same. I wish you could see my jaw just dropped. <laughs> yeah. The Tory. Yeah. Oh, okay. But see, okay. my my truth is, is I didn't build a relationship with my dad until that DNA test was done, Najra. Okay. I'm not doing that. I'm not building a relationship and getting my hopes up and my heart into this if you're not him. Because you'd already done that before. It had. I'd done that as a kid. And that's oh, really Did, did you approach kids. him that day and say, hey, thank you, my dad. Uh, can I have a piece of your hair really quickly? I need no. <laughs> Oh. I sent him a letter. I sent him a letter. I found him through the white pages after she gave me the name, sent him a letter, and he called me on my 31st birthday to answer whether or not he was my father. I, and he didn't know it was my birthday. And I thought, this is a sign from heaven. This is a clear uh -huh. sign from heaven. And probably a couple of weeks in, I was like, why don't we just do a DNA test? I'll pay for it. And, you know, I wanted to take the, the feel of she's looking for money out of the situation. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, he went where he was to some clinic and I went where I, I was living at the time. I was in Atlanta. He was still in my hometown. And um, yeah. He was he, in your he, hometown your entire childhood. Uh-huh. Yeah. So was he still married to that same woman? No, thank God. No. He's married to my bonus mom, who's amazing. And I'm still in relationship oh. with her. So mm -hmm. okay. yeah. She's and did he and she have children or you have other siblings from your father's side? I do. I don't have, they, they didn't have any children. So my father's first wife had two children. Then my okay. father had four children with her. So that's six. They got it. Well, before they got a divorce, I was born. <laughs> and then okay. um, he married a lady who had five children. So they don't have Ooh. any children together. Oh, it's a huge family. So you, okay. So you have four half siblings by blood yes. and a whole mm -hmm. bunch of other just yep. by relation and love. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So then and you said it was still you, kind of complicated. Yeah, well, you know, for me, they, they are definitely loving. Like I was just home in my home back in Kalamazoo this past week mm -hmm. and um, went to church with my bonus mom. My brother, my older brother came over. Um, yeah. My brother, who is 10 days older than me, was over. Like, it's cool. <laughs> my biological family was around. Wow. Yeah. One of my brothers has already passed on. He died in a plane crash, so I never got to meet him. And the other sister, I don't, she's got some issues going on. So I don't see her that often, but the okay. brothers are constantly around. My big brother, Joe texts me, you know, every couple of weeks, how you doing little sis? How you, Aww. and it's interesting because I am the big sister in my mother's household. And you're so the baby now? now? I'm Wait, the I'm... baby now. <laughs> and so I'm the baby out of them all. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So yeah, you, you're experiencing that birth order thing. You're the last yeah. one. Yeah, I so am. How, were you able to, did you walk into it um, with being held back, with anger against him? Mm -mm. Once you found out the situation, how does that, how, like, how did that first conversation go? Hey, I'm your, okay, the DNS, DNA test came back, 99.9%, we, you are the father. Now what? I, I go to Kalamazoo, Michigan, meet him, and I didn't know what I was going to say, but I kept saying, I won't even say me. I believe that was my spirit. Have no expectations. Yeah. Go into mm -hmm. it, just in okay. slate, getting whatever it is you can get. Um, knowledge, mm -hmm. identity, information, whatever that is. And when I met my father, 
Um, he was blind by the time I met him from diabetes complications, mm. but he was at the door waiting for me. So, you know, diabetes called. is something that you need to watch out for. Oh, absolutely. When yeah. I went to the family reunion, girl, one of my great aunts was like, how your sugar? How your sugar, baby? How your sugar? Oh, Every day. See? And see, that's What's something we need to know, Dr. Tori. We, we need to know. Yeah. And um, by the time I met him and I'm walking up to the door, he hugged me and said, I love you, were the first words he said. And so that still voids. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I would have laid on the floor and cried. Like, oh, God, daddy. <laughs> that filled voids that I didn't even know I had that day. Yeah, how does that make you feel? Because I think I, that would have shaken me to my core. Cause it did. It's like it, all the walls I built and all the things that I wanted it, to say to you and tell you how bad you were. Done. Gone. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. Nothing to say. And then when you're like, how was the relationship? It was hard because, like I said earlier, he was a stranger, but he ha we had the same DNA. So we sometimes would sit in the same room together and really say nothing. But I could, my skin would be like on fire because... I'm getting wholeness in a room full of silence, but yet there's something speaking to mm. me. It's something happening to me. Um, but he was a powerful gentleman. He was a powerful man. He was strong, just like my mother's a strong woman. They met yeah. each other to create me. And that's what I'm comfortable in. I don't get caught up in how they met, what they did. Uh-uh. I would not be here if those two hadn't come together to create me. Yes. And it's a beautiful thing that they did. Now I was, I have been able to reunite 3,302 fatherless children with their, their biological Whoa. fathers because Whoa. I have the blueprint. Oh my God. Three, that, how many exactly? 3,302. COVID 3,300. Despite a <laughs> deadly pandemic, she still has reunited 3,302. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's so over that's the last five purpose, years. Five years? Five years, yeah. dear God. Now, yeah. if that's not a purpose, you know, and, and, you know, for those of you, especially those of you that might not understand your purpose, or you grew up with less than favorable circumstances, look at how this woman has found her purpose amongst these two people that her father was an adulterer. Mm-hmm. You know, just like, uh, you know, it's just, we, we, we have to just understand our purpose is so much larger than our vessels. Yes. So then what happens when you spend this time developing a relationship with dad? He, is, he didn't get a chance to lay his eyes on you because he was already blind. So he didn't get to yeah. see his baby. That's How does it go before he left? Well, let me say this. The day I met him, I heard him lean over to my bonus mom, Daisy. And he said, does she look like me? And she said, <laughs> yeah. he said she has your smile. And that was the first day anything on me, any of my identity was associated with anyone than my mother. Because growing up, oh, people only had my mother to compare to. And yes, so we look a lot alike. Like girl, yeah. you look just like your mama. You know what my mother's saying now, Naja? What? Girl, you send me that picture. You look just like your daddy. <laughs> like my I mother said, Wait a minute that. now. I said, my whole damn life, <laughs> you let people tell me I look, mama, come on now. Why do our mothers do that? She Dr. said, <laughs> my God. She'll be like, you sent an angle and girl, the older you get, the more you look like your father. I'm like, what? <laughs> I say, okay, see, mom. But that right. shows healing for my mother yes. to be able to say that. It, it shows does. that she's gone through her own healing to be able to see him in me. That's yes. huge. Because like I said, you know, having a bonus mother and my brother stopping by and all these people, there's still a 
she did tell me while well, whatever she was like, now nah, they occupying a little too much of your time now. She did go there now. Uh-huh. Yes, She's she like, did. I'm getting jealous. She's getting yeah. Jealous. You know what? Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't blame her though. Because I mean you her. she had you to herself for so long and yeah. I, I get it. I, I get it. Yep. Mama was showing love and she's being as understanding as she possibly can. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, so then how, how was it when we got process, So how was it in the process of him actually passing away? How long did you get to have him in your life before he left? Two and a half years. Two and a half years. Two and a and half years. And the beautiful years. part about it was, it, or is, I won't say was, the, the beautiful part of the relationship is one Monday, he asked me to clear my schedule. I, I always say, I believe it was September 17th, 2007. It was either mm-hmm. the 17th or the 15th. And he said, I need you to clear your schedule because I want to talk to you today. And I thought that was strange because- he The never, whole day? The what? Whole, like, you want me to clear my schedule for the day? That's strange. Right. And I said, okay. And so I did. And we got on the phone and we talked for hours. I want to say two or three. And he told me about the woman he saw me as and the woman he saw me becoming. And some of the mistakes I made, and he was just like, I think if you did this, you would see more progress and success in your life. Um, and he just began to speak those things. That was Monday. How did he have that type of insight, though, considering that he was not uh, privy to the woman? Isn't that, that beautiful? You- isn't that, I mean, when I tell you, like, that was Monday. He went into a coma on Wednesday and died on Sunday. So, you know, some would say if you are a... Um, a Bible thumping people. Come on. If you were Christian folks, some folk out here would say that's a prophetic word right there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, some mm-hmm. people would, you know, if you are a spiritual person, which everybody knows I'm deeply spiritual and religious, um, yep. although I do support all paths to God. Yeah. Um, some people would say, you know, daddy had a main line. Yeah. That was, that was his, his gift to you. Did you take yes. his advice? I did. And that's why I've been able to achieve the things I've been able to achieve. Mm. and i'm still walking it out the beautiful part about having a relationship with my bonus mother and i tell people all the time even if your father has passed on there are other people around who can still help you build that relationship and understand who he is and who he was yes the people that will will post something that i'm doing or I've, i've been asked to do and she'll come on my facebook and say that's one of the things your dad said you'd do even to this day. And it's beautiful. It's like she's like the keeper of the oracle kind of, you know, like it's this yes. place of, <laughs> is the keeper of the, what's that um, in, um, oh. Was it the Matrix? Are you thinking about? Yes. Yes. The oracles. Okay. Remember she had all the information yes. and they would go and find her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's able to give you insight. Because you know what the thing about husband and wife, obviously, is, you know, we, we lay here. Yeah, talking to one another, just talking, talking, communicating, and nobody's probably going to be closer to you than your spouse. So, yep. it you know, th- thank God that she has this information. She's kind of the gatekeeper to she is some of your dad's feelings. Yeah, and some of his wow. thoughts and ideas as to who I would become in this world. Did he and your mom ever get to say hello to each other? <laughs> they said hello, but they didn't resolve it, and I kept telling her to resolve it. Okay. And I knew she didn't at the funeral when she couldn't go to the casket. Okay. I knew, I knew she okay. hadn't. And I was like, see, I told you to resolve that. I resolved mine. But I can't, I can't carry her burdens. And that's how you and I even got into this. This Like, we're going to do this podcast. And I'm going to use yes. that to, to go there. Because yes. I refuse to carry her burdens and her emotions towards my father in any way, shape, or form. 
and I'm not going to do it. And so I was like, you should have done that. And you need to write a letter. You need to journal. You need to do something to get that off of you. You got to do um, something because you're going to carry it around. But guess what, mama? I can't carry it for you. I can't carry it Like you you said, this is a good time to kind of segue into that post. Let's go. Let's go there. (laughs) You got you guys. And, um, Please follow Dr. Tori on Instagram. Her her page is I am Tori J. Tori is T O R R I. And there's a, a beautiful photo of her, she herself, her husband, um, and a child. I believe there was another gentleman in the photo as well. There were and, two people in the background, my cousins. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. And you know, you tagged me in the photo, and I was like, Dr. Tori, what's going on in this? Yeah. Photo? She's like, what's this? <laughs> what is? Yeah, because I was like, I know if you tag me. It's got to be good. It's got to be something pertaining to, you know, what we talk about. And you told me that it was your husband and your bonus daughter. And you shared a little bit about the rough journey toward blending and how it had almost ripped apart your marriage. Mm-hmm. And so this was uh, maybe a month or so ago, I believe. And I know a lot can happen in a month, y'all. Y'all already Yeah, it was the end of September. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Yep. So go into detail about the photo and just kind of paint a picture. I, I, w- I want you guys out there listening to also go and look at it. Didn't I tell you that was going to be amazing? I'll see you next week for part two with Dr. Tori J. I know I'm crazy. Oh.